The following message is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe can be found at axechurchleander.com. All right, so we are in a series called Full of Grace and Truth. And the series was born out of the idea that we are in a hard time right now as a world, right? 2020, as uh, AJ had said last uh, week, has definitely been probably the hardest year most of us have had in a long time. Uh, We got a bunch of amens uh, in the chat for that last week. Uh, But we really wanted to lean in and say, you know, we need more of Jesus. We need more of him, less of ourselves. And scripture says that Jesus came full of grace and truth. And so we've been just literally staying and sitting week after week in what does it look like for us as the body of Christ, as followers of Jesus, to be full of grace and truth. And so we're going to continue that on today, and we're going to talk about how grace is meant to be an advocate. And we see that in Scripture, we see that in John 14, and we're going to be hanging out in John 14 today. So if you have your Bibles, you can either pull them up on your phone, you can grab them, whatever else. Uh, But John 14, verses 15 and following is where we are going to be hanging out. But before we get there, I want to take a little trip back, uh, way back memory lane, and I want to introduce you to someone. This is me when I was about 12 years old. Now, I hadn't seen these pictures in a long time. I reached out to my mom and said, hey, do you have any pictures? And so her and my stepdad sent me a whole bunch of them. And one of the things I had forgotten was how much I was channeling Harry Potter when I was in middle school. Now, mind you, Harry Potter hadn't come out yet when I was in middle school, but still, I was the proto-Harry Potter, right? I got the big rounded glasses, massive nerd, super awkward. And middle school for me, while I had a lot of good things going on, was a challenging time in my life. Before middle school, we had moved a bunch of times, and so I didn't really have the social structure and the friend structure that I typically would have. And by the time I got to middle school, I was really struggling. I had a lot of self-conscious issues. I had a lot of self-esteem issues growing up, and they really came into a head in middle school, and it really produced a lot of negative fruit in my life. And a lot of that fruit had to do with education, where since I didn't see much of myself, I didn't think much of myself most of the time, I didn't care about my grades. I didn't care about learning. And my parents and my extended family, they would rally around me and really try to get me to take learning and education seriously, but I, I didn't have the time for it because I didn't see the point of it. But all of that changed when I got to eighth grade. In eighth grade, I had a teacher for English, and mind you, English was my least favorite subject up until that point. I didn't like school in general, but English, that was by far my least favorite subject. But Mr. Neville, he he changed all of that. In fact, to date, Mr. Neville is the most creative, engaging teacher I have ever had. We used to do spelling, and he did spelling differently than anything I'd ever seen before. Instead of just going up on the chalkboard and writing down the words and the definitions of what we were trying to spell, what we were trying to learn, what he would do is he would pull out an old voice cassette recorder. Remember those old things? They looked like bricks, had the really big buttons, and he would set it on his desk, and he would hit play. And how he would do spelling is on this cassette, he had this story that he would tell with him and his wife. And every story was set up the same way. His wife was trying to murder him, which in and of itself, as an eighth grade boy, I thought was hysterical. And she would always find some kind of household item, a metal rake or shears or whatever else, and she would be hunting him through the house, and he would be narrating it into the voice recorder. And every once in a while, he would stop and he would say something like, I have to evacuate the house evacuates the word. Evacuate means to leave suddenly, to get out of, and then he would spell evacuate. 
And then he would go on in the story and he would come up with another word that was part of our spelling lesson. I'd never been taught that way. I'd never engaged learning that way. It was fun. But more than that, more than just being a creative teacher, Mr. Neville believed in his students. Mr. Neville believed in me. I remember the first time I sheepishly raised my hand to answer a question. And he looked at me and he said, all right, Josh, what is it? I gave him my answer. And he celebrated that answer in a way that had never been celebrated for me in school. I remember that day. I remember sitting there beaming back at him. I'm like, wait, you you care? And it wasn't just the positive stuff. The days where I would phone it in, the days where I would show up and I wouldn't care about school, where, where I was wrestling, he would encourage me. He would challenge me, not out of shame, not out of guilt, But because he wanted the best for me, he brought out the best in me, and he challenged me to be the best that I could be. And it wasn't a magic light switch, but that gave me a foundation to start to build my education around. And I got to high school, and my grades started to get better, and I started taking education more seriously because all of a sudden I realized there was value there. There was something good there. Flash forward 15 years later, I'm at seminary. I'm in graduate school, right? So not just high school, not just college, but now I'm at graduate school. I'm getting my master's, and I'm still thinking about Mr. Neville. And so I tracked him down. I called my middle school, and I said, hey, do you have his number? And they they connected me to him. And I called him, and I said, Mr. Neville, I just want to let you know how important you were to my education. That, That you believed in me is the reason why I'm in grad school right now. And he asked, that's awesome, Josh. Thanks so much. What are you studying to become? And I said, I'm starting to become a pastor. And Mr. Neville started laughing. He said, you know, no, Josh, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And I always considered my role as a teacher to advocate for my students, to challenge them, to bring out the best in them, to be their biggest champion. Because that was my ministry, When I was a teacher, I thought God put me here to bring out the best, to educate. And and it started to click. And I'm like, oh, that, that makes so much sense. Why you were so passionate, why you were so creative, why you fought for me when I wasn't even fighting for myself. See, Mr. Neville was an advocate. And that's what we're going to be talking about today in John 14. Jesus is getting ready to leave his disciples. He's getting ready to end his earthly ministry. And he's telling them, don't worry, do not be afraid, because even though I'm going to leave, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, is going to come to you. John 15, or 14, 15 and following, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Every time I read scripture, I I get a little bit deeper into understanding who God is, what God's doing. The first time I was reading this this week, do you realize he says, I will send you another advocate, right? Not just a advocate, not the advocate, another advocate, because everything the Holy Spirit is going to do is the same thing that Jesus was doing with his disciples, right? Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they're of one substance with God. They share all the same characteristics, all the same powers. They just have different roles. And so Jesus tells his disciples, guys, in the same way that I have advocated for you, in the same way that I was with you, the Holy Spirit will be with you now. And that word advocate is so powerful in Greek. It literally means someone that you would call alongside, 
right? So if you were in trouble, you would call someone to stand with you, but it represented so much more. It represented a lawyer. And so if you were in legal trouble, if you had trouble with the law, trouble with justice, trouble with sin, you would call the advocate and he would stand beside you and he would defend you and he would fight for you. But it's also someone who you would call if you didn't know which way to turn, if, if you needed advice, if, if you were sad or lonely or scared, the advocate would counsel you. He would protect you. He would fight for you, even when you don't fight for yourself. And Jesus says, I will send you the spirit of truth. And he will be that advocate in your life. Right? Over and over and over again. John continues on. The world cannot accept him because it has neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. And I will not leave you as an orphans, I will come to you. This is one of those mysteries of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We're never alone. Because Jesus is connected to the Holy Spirit, and because the Holy Spirit comes to each of us as Christians, that advocate, Jesus says, I am with you there. And again, the, the Trinity is a mystery. It's powerful. It's beautiful. It's majestic. We don't understand it, and yet we know the truths that it brings. In 2020, you have never been alone. You have a God who is fighting for you. You have a God who is counseling you. You have a God who is wrapping his arms around you and saying, it's okay. But then also a God who says, and I have a plan for you. I still have work for you to do here on earth. So much of 2020 feels like we've just been paused, right? We've just been stuck. We don't know what to do. We can't leave the house. We can't give people hugs. And so we can get in our heads, well, I'm not supposed to do anything. But that is not the Christian posture. No, God has plans for us. He calls us to be his disciples, his followers. And again and again and again in John 14, Jesus keeps pointing his people back to following him, to following his commands. John 14 continues on, before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day you will realize that the Father and I are one, and the Father is in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by the Father, and I too will love them and show them myself to them. Jesus says, whoever obeys the commands that I gave, love God with everything you have. Love your neighbor as yourself. Whoever lives in that rhythm of being a disciple of Jesus, a disciple is someone who is like their master, and so in the same way that everywhere Jesus went, things got better. He says, guys, I want you to have that same impact. I want you to have that same posture. And when we're following God, when we are actively loving our neighbor as ourselves, when we're actively loving our family, even when it's stressful, even when there's challenging, even when there's gaps and expectations, but we're like, no, I'm still going to love. I'm still going to figure out what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus in this present moment. We end up being connected to God. We end up being connected to who God is and what God is doing, right? My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. 
If you, want you to be, if you want your home to be made with Jesus in this time, if you want to have connection to both the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, to be in rhythm with them, Scriptures tell us that we are to follow the commands of Jesus. That when we're in rhythm with how he called us to live, when we are in rhythm with the relationship that he has given us, we are drawn into our relationship with God. He says, and I will make my home in you. I'll set up shop in you. You will know me. I will love you, Jesus says. And then you will love the world. You'll be connected to the world. You'll no longer be alone, he says. And again, in 2020, I can't think of anything more powerful than the promise of Jesus saying, it is not you against the world. Jesus, I've already overcome the world. And now I'm at home with you. I am the advocate for you. So continue to be in that relationship. Continue to lean into the commands of God, who Jesus is, what Jesus taught, and then being that to everyone he brings into our lives. Scripture continues on. John says, These words you hear are not my own. They belong to my Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything I have said to you. You see, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, and he is the great narrator of what God is doing. He speaks God's truth into our lives. He points us back to the promises of Jesus. So not only if we follow Jesus do we have that relationship with him, if we are active in our discipleship, are we drawn into that, the Holy Spirit is active as well. It's not just about what we're doing, it's about what the Holy Spirit is doing. And the Holy Spirit's role, the advocate's role, is to constantly point us back to the promises of who Jesus is, constantly point us back to things like turn the other cheek, constantly point us back to to being the Good Samaritan, the one who sees someone who is hurting or challenged and leaning in and saying, I want to be an advocate for this person. In the same way that God is an advocate for us when we are bleeding, when we are crying out, when we need a counselor or when we need a lawyer or or when we need a protector or when we need someone to challenge us and bring out the best in us. The Holy Spirit plays that active role in our life. And the more time we spend with Jesus, the more time we spend with the Holy Spirit, the better we are at listening to him. The more in tune with his Spirit. And it's easier for us to decipher, what am I supposed to do? Things that used to confuse us all of a sudden become a lot more simple, a lot more straightforward. And moment by moment, breath by breath, we actively get to participate in what God is doing. And there's a, back, there's a back-end blessing to actively participating in what God is doing. Jesus ends by saying this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. See, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Hear that again for 2020. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. You see, that's the promise of Christ. That's the promise of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. When we are connecting with God, we get peace, and not the kind of peace that the world is promising you. Right Right now, the world is screaming, if you just do things my way, you will be at peace. But if you do things their way, whoever they are, 
All this meh is going to continue. Jesus says, no, 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 no. You want to find real peace? You're not going to find it in the world. You're not going to find it in the things of the world, whether it's finances, whether it's politics, whether it's your family even. Jesus says, if you want ultimate peace, peace that the world cannot give you, he says, be in fellowship with me. Be in fellowship with the Spirit. And in being in fellowship with the Spirit, you'll have that peace. And that peace looks so different to the rest of the world. It becomes this fragrant, beautiful thing that we're able to then point back to God and say, I have this peace not because I'm strong. I have this peace not because I'm this way politically or that way financially, but I have this peace because I am in communion. I have a relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We have an advocate, which then calls us to be advocates. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.